love you. <laughs> Not as much as him, thankfully, but anyway. There's your intro. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode three of My Nerdy Year. I am your host, Dan Peck. With me is Lauren Berger. Hi. And uh, this week's episode, we will be talking to two new panelists. Uh, the first is the creator and co-star. Co-star is correct, right? Because there were a lot more, of stars. More or less. Okay. Right. Uh, of the uh, very awesome uh, online series, Tome, uh, Terrain of Magical Expertise. He has also done voices in the upcoming Gundam Origins, Tales of Zestiria, and Pokemon. Mm, the scary little show, if you've ever heard of that one. Uh, please <laughs> welcome, uh, you probably know him best as Kerbifer, Chris Neosi. Hi. How did I get here? But <laughs> Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Uh, also joining us is uh, a man who was both applauded and teased during the Doctor Who episode, but uh, we have him this time. He is the creator and star of Port Center and Jump Leads, which is a, a very fun uh, scripted uh, fiction podcast that hopefully you guys will release another episode soon. Ben Patton. Woo! Hello. I'm alive and lucid in that, that order. That's something. <laughs> yeah. I figured if what you Better do is, Yeah. I figure what you do is you announce that you are alive <laughs> And it reinforces your your current state as a as a living your, your person. aliveability. <laughs> yeah, and especially you know hammering home the fact that I'm lucid means I'm able to contribute in a in a meaningful and uh, confident manner in the conversation and in, in a way that I think will really uh, make some sense. Unlike that statement, <laughs> I was going to say we we will we will see. No, we will not. <laughs> All right, so uh, we are talking anime. Uh, or layman's out there, because I can't imagine that there are any of you left. Japanese animation. Yeah, Japanese Japan animation. Japan animation. Yeah, oh, duh, Does that's, anyone that's still our... call it Japan no. I hope no. not. That nobody is, nobody yeah. under the age of, like, 60. Yeah. it's No, anime is a very pure term. I love it. So in 2015, I got to go to Anime Expo for the first time. That's the uh, convention that's held in downtown L.A., uh, usually around July 4th weekend, and the reason I got to go was because uh, Chris was debuting the series finale of Tome and had a panel with uh, almost the entire cast and crew, and he got to showcase the last episode before putting it online to a packed crowd. It was great, and uh, it was, you know, I, I loved being there to support a friend, and Chris and I had only met in person a handful of weeks previous we had, yeah. we had yeah. met on twitter we were friends and then we decided let's let's have lunch one day and we did and chris set in horrible traffic for it and well, he'll never you, let me you, forget that because you knew of me I, I think originally through martin little karibo our friend who creates Yu-Gi-Oh! bridged through my work with him and then you watched tom and all my other stuff and then we became fast friends because also we ended up practically being neighbors yeah <laughs> so that was cool we did. uh so i got to go to his panel and uh, it, it it was amazing For, first of all this was the first anime expo i had been to or anime convention i should say um i'd been to comic con and i'd been to gallifrey one which we talked about last time but this was the first time i was going just to a purely anime convention but it was also amazing because i was going there you know to support a friend of mine who's in the industry. Because as I said at the top of the show, Chris has done a lot of voices for 
many different series. And uh, it, that's always something that I would have loved to have been able to do. I was actually, when I was in college, I came home one uh, weekend and I ran into some people who I used to do uh, theater with and they had said, oh, we just recorded for some anime in New York. If we knew you were available, we would have given you a call. And ever since then, it felt like a missed opportunity. With how much of an encyclopedia I am, I probably might have known who they were from what shows yeah, they did. I, 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 I could not name the shows to save my life. Because I, I, yeah. st- I started doing anime in New York where they do Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! And um, that's about it these days. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we like to start these things off by, you know, delving into people's first encounters with uh, anime over the topic. So, uh, Lauren, let's uh, let's talk about you. Um, ben was saying something earlier before we before we started recording. I had thought my first experience was with Sailor Moon. I loved Sailor Moon. I can't actually remember my first time watching Sailor Moon. I just remember it always being a part of life i used well i used to watch it every morning before i went to elementary school my mother moved it and it was at 7 30 and it was too late for me to watch so my mother would actually videotape every single day for me and we actually we looked through the cabinet and we still have at least one of these yeah, be sure to check out our twitter or instagram yeah, we're gonna, we're we're gonna, gonna, we're post, gonna post that yeah, it's because it's, it's labeled sailor moon yeah, and everything it's, it's amazing i got kids, I got kids <laughs> wb saturday morning tapes like that somewhere too yeah um, but you know, Ben had an excellent point. I, it, it actually turns out my first experience with anime was through speed racer and G force. And it's funny cause I, I know I have kismet friends in my life now because most people I've ever mentioned G force to had no idea what I was talking about until there was a hamster movie. And then people thought it was that. And oh, it's not, yeah. it's not, well, that it's and all, so much better. That and also that it's, <laughs> it's, it's, they might be like, Oh, gotcha man. Oh, the thing that's actually called. Yeah. People nice. who know, yeah, know it, that they know. Isn't yeah. it nice when you're talking nerdy and people can talk nerdy with you? Yeah. We should do a podcast nerdy. about it. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, how, did I, how did I get here again? I, what? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was my first experience was watching Speed Racer in the mornings. But my clearest memory is definitely G-Force. I loved G-Force. I need to rewatch that. Yeah. There's a new one. There's a newer <gasps> one that has a female lead and it's quite pretty. Ooh. You, should, you should check that out. I like pretty. Yeah. So Chris, uh, why don't you tell us about your first foray into anime? Sure. That rhymed. I did not. I did not plan for that. <laughs> uh, my uh, the first one that I ever saw, uh, which I was just looking up some stuff about today, was a show that was on Nick Jr. Nick Jr. had an anime on it. Believe it or not, it was called uh, over here. It was called The Little Bits, uh, and I believe in Japan it was something like The Adventures of Belfie and Lilibet or something like that. It was very cute. It's about these little like tiny like elf people, like kind of like borrowers esque kind of thing. Uh, it was made by Tatsunoko, who created uh, G-Force, Gachamon. Yeah, uh, a lot of great classic anime series. And I remember as a kid when I saw the show, I much like how it probably was with, with you guys in Speed Racer, it's like, something's different about this. I can't quite place what it is. And then, uh, of course, you know, there was the two-fold strike of uh, Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z that hit kind of in the mid to late 90s or so uh, on WB and Cartoon Network, etc., and uh, and then I became like really aware of it, and that's you know I've I've become obsessed ever since more mm-hmm. or less. So how about you, Ben? Well, my, my my journey into anime is mixed and varied. Like the first anime I remember like finding and actively wanting to see more of was um, Cowboy Bebop. Uh, oh, loved which Cowboy is, Bebop. I, I I found it. I was flicking through. The, and the way TV networks are in the UK is is pretty 
ridiculous. Like, I was flicking through, I think it was ITV2, and they were showing The Late Show with David Letterman at, like, 2 in the morning. And then that that's was... pretty late. It's pretty... <laughs> it, that's as late as it gets. Um, and nobody in the UK cares about Letterman, so it was just... I, I would catch, like, the occasional episode, and we were, like, maybe a week behind the US broadcast. I would do well in the UK. You would, you would do very, very well in the UK. Um, they don't know who John Oliver is in England. Whoa! Okay, yeah. I would not do well in the that, UK. That, that is, like, a whole no, topic yeah. in, like, in itself. He, like, yeah. had a anyway. bit role in an episode of uh, The Green Wing. Anyway, so, um, so I... Uh, the, the David Letterman finishes... And an episode of Cowboy Bebop starts up immediately oh. afterwards. Um, and I remember, I, I saw a few episodes, didn't see them in order, um, and have since gone back and watched the whole thing and, and, and love it. But yeah, the uh, it was a couple of years ago, a friend of mine was like, you've got to see this clip. And it was a clip of from an old episode of Speed Racer. And I realized I'd seen that. Like, that used <laughs> to be on, like, early Saturday afternoons on, I think it was either... Um, Nickelodeon, or I think it was um, TCC, the children's channel, which was an old kids' network in the UK until mm. like the mid nineties. Um, but that, I, I, I had grown up watching that, but had completely forgotten about it. See, I was already a grown up watching Speed Racer because it used to be on late at night in, on uh, Cartoon Network before Toonami was its own, you know, late night entity. And I was in high school, and I would stay up. Till I was on at 10 or something like that, so it wasn't that late. But I'd be staying up to watch Speed Racer <laughs> just because I had not that long beforehand, um, by complete coincidence, caught the first U.S. airing of Dragon Ball Z. Um, my parents owned a video store for a year because that used to be a thing. Was that, so was it like a solid 365 day? It was almost. Days. It was almost to the day. Was it like a town thing where then it gets handed off to the next person? <laughs> no. So it, it was wasn't a like 365 a... day lease, and that was it. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's good because any longer, and it would have been never. Uh, <laughs> but when I when I was um, like twelve or so, I was in charge of telling my parents which video games we should buy for rent because they didn't know it. So that I had subscriptions to Electronics Gaming Monthly and. It wasn't Game Pro. It was just some other magazine. But uh, EGM used to have an import section, and they always featured all these Dragon Ball Z games. So I was aware of what it was, but I didn't really know anything about it. And then I was up early one Sunday morning in 1996, and I I don't even know why I was up, but I decided to you know see what was on TV, and I put on the preview channel because this was before... That it was built into the cable box. It was, the preview channel was a thing, much like video stores. And I saw that Dragon Ball Z was going to be starting in the next couple of minutes. I was like, okay, I've, I've heard of this thing before. I'll, I'll, I'll put it on. And coincidentally, it was not only the first episode, but it was the first U.S. airing of the first episode in America. I, I just realized something, too. You might have seen a version that very few people have of that first episode. Right, because they edited something with the guy with the gun, right? No, well, I I don't think it was that. I, but I remember specifically that in the first, like, couple episodes, they were saying die and kill like it was okay, and then they later had to go back and re-record certain lines. You know, I honestly, I don't remember uh, enough, because it was just like, yeah. what is this new thing? I'm going to pay uh, attention yeah, to course, that. And then, of course, that sparked basically the entirety of my high school career you know getting my friends to start watching it or coincidentally other people just had watched it also and just buying the tapes and stuff. yeah we'd go to flea markets yeah, and yeah. just find you know the 
color printers were only like relatively new in people's homes and people were printing out like it was the wrong character with like this saga like four episodes of that and it's like great let's get it who's got two vcrs hooked up together i do come on over let's make copies and uh about a year or so ago i actually found my collection of you know copied tapes uh at my mom's storage place and i just took a picture of it Wow, I used yeah. to I used to just watch these. It didn't matter if I'd seen what came before. It didn't matter what was after. It's just I'm getting Dragon Ball Z, and you know there was that period of time when it went off the year. It went off the air for over a year, and we thought that we might never be getting more yeah. DBZ in America. And out of the ashes, it rose. Yeah, and, like a phoenix. And, yeah. and, and but it was also during that time is when I started to discover other things. You know, the, the, a lot of the video stores were carrying the major releases. So I've watched Akira, which I got to say, it wasn't my favorite. Uh, if I go back to it, I might enjoy it more, but it wasn't my favorite. It's really, beautifully animated. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really enjoyed uh, Ghost in the Shell, even though I don't really remember much of it. It's one of those things where I remember enjoying it in the moment. But overall, it was just like, if I, if I think back to it, I don't really remember too much. Uh, and then ultimately, Toonami came around and it was like just a dearth of shows to watch that I couldn't even keep up with them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Cowboy Bebop was one that I watched. Oh, I bless st- Tsunami. I know. Oh, I'm so glad Cowboy it's Bebop, Gra- Gra- Bebop, Bebop was Adult Swim and, and all that stuff, of course, but those were kind of all in yeah, around yeah. the same time. Uh, I still have not seen Trigon, which people oh, are... I know, people, so good. I know, people it's are so mad yeah. at me for that. But I, I, I like haven't me. seen much of it either, but I, I do know it's a good series. Yeah. It's okay. Sure, you yeah. had me watch Dragon Ball. I'll have you watch Trigon. Yes. Oh, we got a story about yeah, that. And yeah, that, and that was the other big 2015 thing was that... Finally, finally, we got Lauren, we being uh, Chris and I, we got Lauren to watch uh, Dragon Ball Z Kai. Uh, may, may, I, may I? Of course. Okay, so, so basically, uh, Dan and I uh, have been starting to get to know each other and hanging out. Actually, real quick, just because I forgot to say this earlier, uh, Lauren was not able to make it to Anime Expo. She was sick that weekend. but Curse you, chronic migraine. But she was wonderful to have baked a beautiful chocolate cake for all the Tomecast and crew that was so amazing yes. that we couldn't even finish it all, so we shared it with... Uh, staff of the hotel, the ca- the, the cast had to come should. in. And uh, if, if you follow Chris on uh, Twitter, and we'll post your uh, handle and everything like that, he did tweet a very nice picture of it. And, so and, a, video, and, and a video, and a video. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Deliciousness yeah. should be shared. Absolutely, it would, yeah. of course. Yeah. Uh, so just wanted to give you that shout out. But, um, but shortly after that, uh, we you know we've been getting, trying to get to know each other a lot more, and I've been over to their house a lot more. We have them over. We have them over for dinner quite oh, yeah. a bit mm-hmm. now. I, they 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 feed me good food all the time because I can't cook for myself. I'm inept. Uh, but basically, I I had been making a thing out of uh, introducing people who didn't grow up liking DBZ with Dragon Ball Z Kai, uh, which was a good call. Oh yeah, yeah and, well, and just for those who don't know, uh, DBZ Kai was the remastered version of it. It was also the edited down version where they cut out a lot of filler. So yeah. it was basically here's the story. Yeah, so, more I, I, often I say like. It was 120 episodes, beginning of DBZ up until when Freeze is defeated. And Kai, it's an even season of 52, which yeah. is real nice. So we, uh, I, I was talking to Dan about, oh, I have all the box sets of the 99 episodes up until Cell. Which was great because I had wanted to rewatch it because I hadn't watched it in years. It's still perfectly ingrained in my memory, but I hadn't watched it in forever mm-hmm. and I wanted to. So this was going to be something that he and I were going to watch. Yeah, but then, and thankfully, you, had, you, hadn't, you hadn't seen the dub either for Kai. Right, because I, I was still a snob and only yeah. wanted to watch the subtitle. And, 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 sure. and, and, you know, the, the cast of the original will tell you that it doesn't hold up, but the Kai dub is fantastic and it was, it's a great, it, was, it really has been a great way for me to get people into it now. So we hung out and we basically 
over the course of like maybe a couple months or yeah. so, mm-hmm. uh, marathon the whole show. It was it was a little bit pulling teeth. Um, that first season, it yeah. was really stop and go. And then we got to Frieza's final form, and I made the observation that Frieza's final form is kind of like the dating pool. The prettier he gets, the worse of a person he gets. Yeah, yeah. Although he has really pretty lips. Yes, yeah. Very full uh, <laughs> Japanese kabuki, very, almost kind of very uh, pretty mouth. going on. But in uh, in classic Lauren form, because I didn't want to spoil anything for her, I said, just yeah. please stick with it. I know what's coming next, and I know you're going to love it. And that, of course, is when they introduce time travel. And that's when Lauren wanted to watch it every single night. <laughs> oh, especially if you, yeah. especially if you listen to our Doctor Who episode. You it's will... not like I was an anime noob. No, of course not. I mean, I, I love anime generally actually the first time i ever saw cowboy bebop i walked in and my friends were watching it it was the episode with the beta tape where they're (laughs) testing out the beta tape player and they put in some random beta tape and it was about twins in minnesota and i said oh look it's 90210 and they all like shot me this look and they're like no it's not why would it ever be beverly hills 90210 and then it said starring jason Priestley, and i won that night i won it (laughs) and they all looked at me they're like how could you possibly know that? I'm I good said, at my big yeah. sister. <laughs> my big sister was obsessed with that show, so of course I recognized it. So this actually, getting Lauren to watch it, um, like we said, you grown up watching Sailor Moon. Um, was, was it Chris's point or was it your point? It was Chris's point. Okay, so Chris had this point. Um, and it's not a hard and fast rule, but yes, he, had, he had... Made, <laughs> I didn't he had, say that. He had made the observation that uh, for people around our age group, when you were growing up, you were either Sailor Moon or Dragon Ball. And mm. that was not a a gender-specific... No, because uh, Ben's on my side with I'm, Sailor Moon. I'm, right. yeah. I'm Sailor Moon. Yeah. It, but but it was, it, it, it's kind of like what we talked about a little bit in the Star Trek episode, how there was, uh, you know, the you're either Star Trek or Star Wars. But this one wasn't an active rivalry. It was just for whatever reason... If you watched one show, you tended not to watch the other show. Yeah, and I think because a lot of the marketing for both of them at the time was like, this is the cool boys action show, and then Sailor Moon, oh, this yeah. is the cool girls it action show. It was so show. gendered. I mean, it was ridiculous. Even even though, really, and especially because now I've watched so much, because uh, speaking of Kai, too, uh, Viz uh, has done this really fantastic new uncut redub of the original, uh, you know, 100 however many episode uh, Sailor Moon series that's been fantastic. A bunch of my friends are all on it and they do a great job. And I knew that the show was good back in the day. I always knew that. And now I'm like, I've, I've really become a big fan of it. And because that's the thing is like both both of those shows, you know, they, they're they massively appealing around the world for a reason because they're loved by all people, yes. guys mm-hmm. and girls. Yeah. yeah, I will interject that men... Make your boys watch Sailor Moon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, because absolutely. Tuxedo Mask is a far better role model than any of the men in Dragon Ball Z. Oh, this yeah. is absolutely uh, true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, okay. I'm just going to defend Krillin because I look like him and you look like 18. But Krillin's a stand-up guy. Uh, Krillin is a okay. stand-up guy. And, so. and hey, listen. I, I know all of the female Dragon Ball fans that I've met in all of my years love Trunks, they love Vegeta, they love Piccolo, and some even love Krillin. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, Lauren, but Lauren Goku Piccolo. is not a shining everyone. example for husbandhood. <laughs> no, but he saves the world, so I mean, and, you know. And you then there's Frieza. Well, there's Fri- Frieza. <laughs> Frieza, don't be attracted to Frieza. <laughs> hey, there are people who are attracted to Draco Malfoy instead of anyone else in that series. So. I'm not sure Frieza has a specific uh, I don't yeah, care. I suppose, I suppose that is, race doesn't necessarily have yeah. genders, do I don't they? care. Frieza is a 
universal warning for all dating. He's space yeah. Joffrey. He is space Joffrey. <laughs> he's, spa- he's space Hitler is really what he is. I mean, he no, almost... Uh, no, Joffrey's Joffrey. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weird because, I mean, I've never really been a big Dragon Ball Z fan, but it was massive in England. Like, almost oh, yeah. everyone I know who... Uh, everyone I went to was high it, school Was with, it called Dragon Ball Z over there? We still called it Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> which is actually more accurate. So, we still, you know, that we still is the best it, tribute yeah. I can think of. It, it was huge. And, and, and actually in the UK, it was, if it wasn't on Cartoon Network or Toonami, a lot of people were getting the French dubs. Really? Nice. Uh, which, was, which was weird. Like I, I, my, friend, um, uh, my friend Chaz and his brother James um, would alternate between watching episodes on Cartoon Network and then watching the French dubs with English subtitles. Uh, see, that, that must have been crazy because if I'm remembering right, the, a lot of the other language dubs of DBZ were done before ours. Yes. Yeah. So theirs were, you, that was uncut. And having the English version airing over there must have been weird because there's two dubs of original DBZ, yeah. the Canadian dub version and the American one. And I, from what I understand, in Canada, UK, and I think Australia, they would just like air randomly. Like, you yeah. to flip a coin, it would be this dub or the other one, depending on who <laughs> you ask. It's funny that you said that, though, because it reminded me, I actually caught an episode of DBZ on the Spanish language channel. Me too. Channel. Telemundo, and, right? Yeah, and it was way farther down the line yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, it was yeah. when Planet Namek was on the verge of exploding and we yeah. weren't even there yet there were, there were spoilers like, this is yeah, how yeah, you yeah, create every multilingual in, children by the way every, mm-hmm. uh, look this is not a spoiler every planet in Dragon Ball Z blows up it's like Star Wars <laughs> <laughs> eventually at some point at least once yes look at that planet it's no, and several going to be there in a yeah. season yeah. <laughs> They they have destroyed more real estate. Oh than yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. But you know you just then wish Trump. it right back. No, and the Spanish dub is actually really good too. I've, I saw a fair amount of that on Telemundo on Sunday mornings, and that was a good time. Yeah. Um, that was, so you were saying? Yeah, no. I mean, yeah. My, my my friends will. I mean, they were massively into the show, and I ne- every time I saw it, it was. And I, this is going to sound a little bit disparaging, but coming into it from someone who wasn't interested in the show, my first exposure to it was, I don't even know which characters it was, but they were standing on, like a mile apart in a desert yelling things at each other. Yeah. Yeah. It felt yeah. like an I hour and a half. I feel like that's half. all of Dragon Ball. Yeah. 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 See, that's, well, that's, why, that's, that's why we need to show you Kai. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you'll be able to, yeah. Here's the thing, and I'll watch say, it. Yeah. You say they're standing in a desert, that doesn't narrow down who it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the one thing I did play was, and uh, this was mostly in uh, Super Nintendo emulators on, on my PC, but I did play a bunch of the, was it Budokai? Uh, uh, Butoden. With Butoden, yes, sorry. Yes, the fighting was the PlayStation Yeah, a friend of mine, he imported the, the, the game for the, the PS1 because obviously it didn't get released in the UK. Mm. But I spent a lot of time with, there are a few uh, DBZ fighting games and some... Ah, whoa! Where to speak, Ben? There were a few DBZ fighting games and some Sailor Moon games as well mm-hmm. yeah. um, that were released that didn't get released in the UK, but we, you know we found them through emulators and so on. And some of the the DBZ games, I I thought some of the mechanics were, were really interesting. Yeah, like the, yeah. The, 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 the switching between flying and there, the ground stuff and the split screen, like you really. There were two games. Th- there were two Japanese games, uh, J- Japanese only games for PS One that I got to play. One was a more straightforward fighter, and the other one was... It's almost structured a little bit more like how Smash Brothers is now, where it was an arena, and it was it was telling the story of the series throughout. Legends. And I, Legends, I wore my fingers down to a nub <laughs> oh, trying yeah. to beat that game. It was amazing. It was in Japanese, so I had to have like a player's guide like from yeah. GameFAQs just to translate, not tell me how to play. And it was amazing. But then... Um, there was a Dragon Ball GT game that came out. It was the first 3D fighter. Oh, one for God. PS1. And... Um, 
I, I knew someone who had the Japanese version and I played it and then they finally released it in, in English. It was the first English released uh, Dragon Ball game ever, I think. Final Bout for, P- yes. for PS1, yeah. Yes. So I so I bought it and I played it, you know, a lot and then I kind of got bored with it. And when I decided I was done with it, I took it to um, one of the stores where you can trade in for, it was actually for cash, it wasn't even for store credit. And they're like, are you... Sh- are you sure you want to trade this in? I said, why? They're like, this thing goes for like 150 bucks online. I was like, really? And you know what? I was kind of a dumb kid and I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to trade it. I still got like 70 bucks for it, which was great because I actually went out and then I think I bought a couple of uh, Gundam snap together models because I was just moving on. But you could have doubled your money. But I didn't know that. But yeah, but like it was one of those situations where I, I didn't realize I was holding on to a piece of Gold. I, I had that. I had that with the Pokemon box on the. And I know that you guys aren't. I'm not going to be in the Pokemon episode, but I had Pokemon box for the GameCube. Yes, and I, I traded did. it. Yeah. I traded it in That's and got rare like. Now, right? Yeah, I got it for like. I, I, think I, got I gave fif- that away to a friend of mine. Oh, <laughs> I got like 15, <laughs> about 15 pounds for that thing, like 20, 25 bucks. And uh, it's. I mean, it was a collector's one because you could only get it uh, through like either. Pre- I think in the UK you had to pre order Pokemon Coliseum for the GameCube. Right. Well, there was some other thing, there but yeah, it was something it was, like that here too. Because yeah. I didn't even have a GameCube, and I got it because I just wanted the ability to go to someone's house who had a GameCube yeah. to do that. But oh man, I yeah. should track that down. I wanted to say about the <laughs> final bout thing, by the way, kind of full circle about Cowboy Bebop. That for some reason, that the English version of that game was done in a different studio out here in LA. And Steve Bloom, Spike Spiegel from Bebop, was Goku in that game. <laughs> yeah. And it's like his, and, and wow. this is not to pick on, this is early, his early career. So he was like, you look strong. This should be a good fight. It's like really cheesy. Oh my God, cheesy. that is how it's out. Yeah, that was, like, that was, that was, that was Spike from Cowboy Bebop doing that. Yeah. Wow. And then also, because you were talking earlier about the, the import uh, section of the magazines and stuff. I also remember, because a friend of mine who runs a really big Dragon Ball fan site, what, uh, he read all of those. And he mentioned how, like, all the names were spelled very weird. Like, Cell was, like, Seru. And, yeah. like, all the androids were, like, 18, go. And all these weird things. It was very strange back then before it had, like, as much of a prominence as it did. Welcome to the Dragon Ball Z episode of My Nerdy Year, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about other anime now. Let's, just, let's actually shift focus to, yeah. to Sailor Moon. Because I know... Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Oh, we interrupted the point about... Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. It's just a the, the whole Sorry. The whole deal that, that, that was coming from that was... Yeah, it, it, because of that marketing, that's kind of how the split was. But yeah, Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z, or uh, Dragon Ball in general, that whole franchise, have major, like, wide appeal to a lot of different people and stuff. And and now, the fact that, like, we've become big fans of both and appreciate both, you know, for how great they are is, is awesome, I think. I love that I have... Okay, I've only recently started running into other Sailor Moon fans. Yeah. Because when I was in high school, there was definitely a stigma on Sailor Moon. And to be into Sailor Moon was definitely not acceptable. So I... I took my Sailor Moon loving self and the self that used to like, I swear on my life, trace it off the TV. I'm pointing at the exact <laughs> TV still. <laughs> and like, I, I took my dad's old tire gauge and I put a big like something on it, like a crystal on the end of it. And I made my own like transformation stick. And yeah, I was that kid. I was that kid. And I wasn't even really that much of a kid. Like I was definitely middle school level here. <laughs> um, you know, I started I started getting into other anime because I knew it wasn't kosher to be a Sailor Moon fan around a lot of the friends that I had. And the fact that Sailor Moon is making such a big resurgence now. Mm-hmm. Actually, I knew that Dan loved me when I finally revealed my deeply rooted, deeply hidden guilty pleasure that is Sailor Moon. And, and I said, great. 
Well, not only he didn't just say great, he downloaded every one of the original episodes for me so that I'd be ready for Crystal. And that was that was when I knew Dan loved me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you want to know another? This is where we were weirdly parallel even before we knew each other. Uh, so having got on board with Dragon Ball Z early in in the U.S. run, but uh, kind of late in terms of how old you are. Uh, in I think it was I don't remember if it was sophomore or junior year of high school, but um, <laughs> I a friend of mine was a karate instructor and he gave me an old uniform which we then dyed orange. Of course. And uh, this is when I had a little bit of hair. Uh, it wasn't a lot, <laughs> uh, but I used that uh, yellow hairspray and I sprayed my hair and I and I was just Super Saiyan on super Halloween. Super Saiyan Dan. Yeah, in high school, and people were like. What are you supposed to be? <laughs> yep. uh, and, and then uh, two years later, yeah, I guess it was, yeah, whatever. After my freshman year of college, I was a camp counselor and uh, we were having, it wasn't just like a, I guess it was just a costume day at camp or whatever. Middle of the summer, unbelievably hot. However, um, my, uh, my friend Harrison and I, with the help of my mom, um, we actually made, and this is a character you haven't seen yet because Kai hasn't gotten this far, but we actually made a great Saiyaman outfit. Nice. And not only did I wear it... Uh, Turban or helmet? Uh, I, I used a t-shirt because I didn't have a helmet. I used, oh, okay. I used a t-shirt as like the bandana got and it, then uh, and okay. sunglasses. Uh, but not only did I wear it and work as a camp counselor the entire day, uh, the black bodysuit part wasn't a bodysuit it was sweatshirt and sweatpants oh, and it was oh like God. it was like a hundred degrees must have been dead it was a hundred degrees and humid oh. and i oh. think i lost about 40 pounds that day. so you're, you're dead now you died yeah and we're speaking yeah. to like a, a no course. i i cosplayed at my first anime convention speaking of ax i went to otakon in 2005 10 whole years ago before that convention yeah. uh and i cosplayed a character from Mega Man that was in and this is dead of summer heat in in baltimore maryland an all black armored outfit. I was dead. I was just well, absolutely want, dead. Ask Dan what he was for Halloween this past year. Oh, oh I well, was, I was please. Krillin. I was well, Krillin. But, but not only that, but speaking of the fact that you were Krillin, because for those of you who haven't seen Dan, he's short and bald. Uh, what? <laughs> what? I know. He is not well. Stop the press. And I'm blonde. <laughs> yeah. So it works. There was, and there was, uh, well, there was a, you didn't talk about that. There was a little correlation with two certain characters in yes. DZ. Uh, even before Lauren had watched it, I said that. You and I are Krillin and Android 18, and she would just like, uh-huh, nod, and just politely. And then she watched it, and she goes, oh, my God, you are Krillin, and yep. I am 18. And I, uh, I like to think I'm a little less icy. She she gets nicer. She'll, you'll, she'll, you'll be, <laughs> when we get up to the Majin Buu stuff, you'll, she, yeah. she, okay. she, she lightens up a and, little and bit. And it is funny. I know those our, words. Yeah. It is funny because our panel today, it's we have Krillin at 18, and then we have uh, our tall, red-headed Android 16 and Ben, and we have our... Uh, Straight dark hair, you know, not nearly as pretty. Not near, well, it's, it's but so, equally yeah, emo. Yeah. But we have, <laughs> thanks, we have, thanks. But we kidding, have kidding. Android seventeen. So uh, uh, we're gonna post a picture of the four of us, and uh, it's hilarious. We just need you. You, you were t- having a joke before about your grandpa. And he's just standing as Doctor Drew. Yeah. Oh my god. He's ninety six. He'll totally. Be. Um, going he's back, not nearly as like chipper though. Yeah. Well, going back to what you were just saying though, uh, there is a very good chance that. The great Saiyaman outfit that I made 
was at the 2005 Otakon. Really? You were there because my friend Harrison, uh, he was in, he, he had our costumes for a while and I know that he has gone to Otakon several Please times. Please God, tell me you watched it like five times. Well, of course. <laughs> That's nothing against Harrison. It's just anime conventions. No, I meant sure. you with your 40 oh, yeah, pounds yeah, of wearing, sweat. Yeah, wearing it. Oh yes, yes, for his sake, yeah. Uh, but there, I, I'll have to check with him, but there was a... Very small chance, but there is a, a a shot that that costume was around when you were at that very convention. Well, if you saw a, a kid with a like a poncho and a black helmet with like fins, I was based from Mega Man Battle Network. Then you Whoa. might have crossed paths with me at some. We're point. gonna we're gonna go through the stack of old. Photos. Wow! Yeah, I just like like spot you in the background. Oh my! God, I would die if we actually did. that. I wouldn't be there. It would be, it would be him. I, oh, I actually okay. had never gone to Otakon before. I I had moved out west by oh, okay, cool, that cool. point anyway, yeah. but. Um, a whole bunch of my gang from from the East Coast, they okay. would go to Otakon every year. Because Otakon and Baltimore, like, or, oh, sorry, Otakon and Anime Expo, I should say, are two of the biggest anime conventions in the country, yeah. too. So the fact that AX was your first experience there is kind of crazy in, in the long run. It was. You know, it was... Um, I, I liked some of the, the differences uh, at the anime convention. Uh, I, for the most part, it felt mostly like a lot of vendors as, as opposed to some other... Um, Conventions I'd gone to, but I also really liked that there was a whole section devoted to cosplaying and learning how to, not only just how to cosplay, but how to sew, uh, which is something that Lauren has been taking up. I, I've been working on it. Yeah. Nice. Um, and uh, there, there, there was also a stretch of, it was basically just backdrops that you could just take pictures in front of with your different anime costumes. It didn't matter if it was from the right genre of anime or not it was just like a whole staging area of it it looked like when you walk through ikea and you've got the those uh it looks like a sitcom set with a wall missing it was just like oh we have a forest backdrop let's take a picture of our (laughs) let's take a picture of our mechs in the forest or let's take a picture of our our lolitas in you know wherever they live fancy dresses and stuff yeah Yeah. i mean because i know fandoms obviously like they can get bad reputations for being a little nutso sometimes which fair enough but a lot of my experience from getting to go, I've been to a lot of anime conventions in the last 10 years, my God. Uh, and and it, it, there really is like a nice sense of community. Like a lot of people, especially because it started with like, you know, so like, oh, this is the outcast, it's the weird thing. And now it's so like ingrained in our culture. I mean, like, you know, there's all Sailor Moon is culturally acceptable. Now. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's well, cool to be a Sailor Moon fan. It is. Yeah. It's, it's so it's, liberating. It's cool to like anime in general. There's all these great shows on Netflix and Hulu and yeah, all these There's different too places. many now. I it's wouldn't like, assume. I think mean, there's just like a, a fair amount more so than that we've ever had before. I can't, I can't keep up though. Like I still haven't watched Attack on Titan. I know. I'm sorry. You know, well, so. I mean, this is okay. this is the thing: is that anime, and this again, this is a, a point that you had made off mic earlier. Is that anime? People think of anime as a genre, and it's not. It's nope. the it's medium not. in it's which medium. these stories. Yeah, I mean, anime, anime, uh, you know, is is science fiction. It's fantasy. It's it's romance. It's comedy teen drama. Too. It's yeah. comedy. Kids, adults level stuff all the time. Yeah. You know? Some weird stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, uh, <laughs> there's always the weird stuff. Oh, yeah. Real quick. And then uh, we're going to start wrapping up soon. So um, my college actually had an anime uh, society. It wasn't even a club. It was a society. Yeah. How very hoi-poi. That makes it sound cooler it than it actually is. Um, sure. And it was, you know, it was cool. Um, we, I, I got to see a lot of, um, Shows that I normally wouldn't have watched, and the the only edict was that we couldn't watch anything that had aired in the U.S. So it was like, oh, you know, yeah. snobby. It was. It was a little oh. bit. But um, that's my, a little. That's a that's 
okay that's not a little that's really just like that's... toity toity like thumb <laughs> your nose yes but oh. but i will say oh, that that's like it... like the worst wine geeks who are like <laughs> oh god you're you're drinking i'm sorry dad we're gonna so read this forever Look, you're I, not supposed I, to swallow I, the anime you're just supposed to swill it around your mouth and then spit it out <laughs> I, I was not an officer i was merely a member fair enough um <laughs> but my first session that i went to we watched this unbelievably weird two episode anime called Dragon Half. I don't know. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So I know of that. Real quick, uh, uh, Dragon Half is a story about a girl who's half dragon, half human. It's so weird. It's it has cute. one of the best end themes. It's it's psychotic. Mm. But the reason we watched it was because of how weird it was and supposedly the creator of the show was arrested on drug charges yep. in Japan, That's and the right. episodes were used as evidence against him <laughs> wow. at the trial. That's right. That and is phenomenal. Right. So yeah. when I, I had been trying to track it down forever, and it was impossible to find, and then a couple years later, they released it on DVD. ADV had that one. I yeah, have I never that. been more excited to pay that much money for just two episodes <laughs> of anime. It's yeah. bananas. I absolutely recommend it. It's... And it looks like it's such so an innocent weird. little cute oh, show. And it's like, not. Yeah, just, no? uh, uh, I know there's fan service in it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, just a fair warning. There is some cartoon nudity, but, yeah. you know, I don't know how old I don't know how old <laughs> nope, our fans work, are. I don't know how old our fans are. Parental we, guidance suggested. Um, but it is such a weird show. And even just thinking about it again makes me want to watch it again. And it's only an hour long, yeah. so it's easy to do. Two whole grand episodes. <laughs> uh, so let's uh, let's. We're going to do our, our episodes, uh, The Big Question. Bah, bah, bah. Do it. Before we do that, can I ask real quick? Okay. Because I, because I said this for the Pokemon thing. Re- real quick, recommendation for one, kind of like Dragon Half, like an obscure anime that like maybe most, like, like not one of the usual ones that you think would be cool to recommend to people. Um, well, this came out of Snobbery uh, Club. Uh, there's actually two really good ones. There's one that's a little more well-known. That's El Hazard. Uh, I hear, hear that's good. Um there's a weird thing where they redid the first season and I don't remember which one we watched, but we watched the one that's generally harder to find but considered to be the better one and then we watched season three, which was great. Okay. And then this other one was a show called Love Hina. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember Which was show. 26 episodes, I think. And Not super obscure. That, that creator's pretty well known, okay. I'd say. But good, um, good, 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 good series. Yeah, they... Um, we only got through about like 10 of the episodes, but I ended up tracking down the rest and watching it myself. And it was... It reminded me of Friends, truthfully. Like there was, such, <laughs> there was such a raw, like there was a lot of like crazy, obscure, like weird, you know, fighting and stuff like that occasionally. Yeah, yeah. But there were these two characters who basically were the Ross and Rachel, and when they, spoiler, they got together in the end. It was so nice. Oh, like yeah, I really, yeah. like I it wasn't that. my typical type of show, but I really was thankful for the Anime Society uh, meetings because of that. Because I never would have gotten to that one on my own. So if it still exists, if it's still out there, El Hazard, Love Hina. I'm gonna throw those out there as. Okay. Completely off the wall. All right, let's go back to the big question. So this episode's big question is, your life is being made into an anime. What kind of anime would you like it to be? Uh, let's start with Ben. Okay. Um, I've been thinking a lot about my dad. My dad passed away about a year and a half ago, and he moved here in 1997 to pursue a career as an actor. That didn't work out, so he became a writer. He had some success writing about kind of spiritually esoteric kind of stuff, and then he he sadly passed away. Uh, I follow. I followed a very similar path in that I moved out here. I was an actor in the UK. That didn't go very well. I moved out here and I'm trying to start a writing career. So my life is like the bad reboot slash remake 
of the anime that you kind of liked <laughs> as a kid, and then they bring it back, and the animation isn't quite as good, and the characterization doesn't quite match. Uh, that's I, that's it. And then just throw in some stuff from Ponyo just to paper over the plot holes. <laughs> All right, Chris. Love Ponyo. Um, I, uh, I, I, as much as I love shonen, um, if I were, if my life was a shonen anime, I would be uh, very emotionally or more likely physically harmed in many different ways, <laughs> uh, probably by elemental energy blast being shot at my face or something. Um, so I, for the sake of my safety and my sanity, would like to be in a shoujo because being a male character in a shoujo, uh, especially the soft, like, you know, more cerebral romantic kind of stories, I think would be a little bit more re- relaxing and maybe true to life. Uh, and I could deal with that. So yeah, maybe like a, like an all high school host club uh, kind of thing, or like, you know, Nana, that, that sort of stuff. A little, you know, can still get funny and maybe even have some fantasy elements to, you know, depending on what route they want to go creatively. Well, because in anime, you're allowed to do whatever you want. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, Throw in some stuff from Ponyo to paper over the Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a little Miyazaki in every, all of our lives in some way. All, all of our lives should have a little Miyazaki oh, in sure. them. It's magic. A little tiny Miyazaki who's like, oh. anime Pocket Miyazaki. <laughs> oh, we need that. Pocket Miyazaki. To scowl at us and talk about how the animation industry is dead. No, anime not. was a mistake. Oh, come on. All right, Lauren, what is your life anime? All right, well, if we were going off what I would want it to be, it's definitely Magical Girl because I need I need superpowers <laughs> and I need to change the world. Cause... You want a long-ass transformation sequence. Hell yeah, Wait. with ribbons. <laughs> Sorry, uh, point of order, you already have badass superpowers. You can bake like nobody's business <laughs> like you. seriously that is a super superpower magical baking girl activate oh my that god awful. i'm cooking mama so he'll be yes <laughs> so, he'll be, so also dan will be dubbing you in the english <laughs> so congratulations you're hired um i would say that if i'm actually going for what reflects my life i i was reading up on like every different type of anime and i i think it's going to sound really weird and it's going to sound very egotistical, but I think I would be one of the idol animes. I'm good at an astonishing range of things, which I I have learned to just be proud of. Um, mm. My girlfriends call me Martha Jewart because <laughs> I can do everything wow. <laughs> except wow. grow plants. I cannot grow plants. They commit suicide, but I can sing. I can dance. I can act. I can cook. I can bake. I mean, I, I'm good at a lot of different things. So odds are I'd be an idol anime. Like, like like a love live like like singing idol type of thing like all of it you know idols in japan they do everything oh well i'm because of, when i think idol i think like pop singer idol like, like, like idol kind master of kind well, of no, like yeah, yeah. japanese anime idols are multi-talented they've they got to be all around everything mm-hmm. yeah. be and that's me i'm i'm a multi-purpose yeah, voice kind of actors person. are like revered over there actually so. yeah if only that were the case here oh so, it's i'd be an idol Hell yeah. Daniel. As, as for me, uh, oh my God, I really would love for it to be a giant mech, but it's not. My life is not <laughs> a giant mech. I, I really want that. Um, no, I think that I would, uh, my my life anime would definitely be like a battle-based show, like a Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh type thing. One, uh, because I am a crazy person, and if I get obsessed <laughs> with something, my entire life sort of becomes about it see this podcast as an example of that uh but also i'm weirdly 
I don't want to say gifted, but I... No, he's weirdly gifted when it comes to, like, card games. And like, collect, games collecting and, and, and strategy. Not, no, not and... even that. Like, we played this one board game where he was, like, this really difficult character to master, apparently, and he mastered it in about 15 minutes, and everyone else at the table was blown away. Huh. Um, thank you. Welcome. <laughs> and then uh, murder ensued. Yeah. No, no, no. No, we won, because it was a team-based game, yes. which we'll, we'll talk about in a future episode. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I... I don't know. I love, like, the idea of gaming and... You know, maybe I'm not going to wander the countryside battling people with my. Well, what, what is if that were an product? option? What, what is the then product? It, then he probably some card based thing, just okay. because I like the feel of like you know like the cards in my hand and. You're big into Yu-Gi-Oh. I am. Yeah, my my okay. So my first professional writing job ever uh, was I, I used to write a column for Pojo.com, which is a still operational and I grew card, up reading. Yeah. Card gaming site. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when I was a senior in college, I decided I was going to reach out to them and pitch them an idea for an article. And then ultimately a column, they loved it. They, you know, I didn't get paid for this part. Uh, they loved the article. They said, please feel free to write. So I wrote a comedy column and I had, uh, a decent fan base. I'm not going to like admit that I had like a big fan base, but they decided to release a book and they used, but he did. <laughs> they released a physical book and, uh, they used a few of my articles. So I got like 50 bucks for my article. Nice. And okay. my, and it was the first time I ever was a paid writer mm-hmm. and it was the article and it's probably, I think it does still exist online. I'll, I'll post a link. Um, I, I wrote it sort of, and I, I say this lovingly and respectfully. I wrote it as uh, as if someone who were coming out were to write an article, <laughs> but I was writing it that I am coming out as a college-aged Yu-Gi-Oh player. <laughs> and I got to say, some of the emails I received... Nothing to be ashamed of. No, no, no. But some of the emails I received were it's like, you have it. nothing to be ashamed <laughs> of. It's like, we're here for you. I was like, guys, I thank you. And I replied to almost every one of those emails. I said, guys, no, thank you. I, I wrote it as sort of just like not a parody or spoof, but a sort of like a satire. So I would respond to the emails like, it's it's a satire, guys. I, I wrote it to be funny, but I'm glad that you found something to latch onto. Uh, and it was great. I, I you know I, I ended up uh, writing for them on and off for about a year and a half, and it, it was great. Um, but yeah, why didn't you some... respond to the emails in character? No, because I, I didn't want people to. I, I you know I didn't want to diminish you know anything from if anyone got anything real out of it and i especially didn't want to take away from uh you know people who came out you know for sexual orientation or anything like that i i I, because he's a respectful person thank you um, but respectful I respectful duelist. <laughs> I respect the respectful duelist. Hey, that's Don't entirely come. possible. Yeah. Look at Yu Gi Oh. That's yeah. true. Um, but yeah, so I, I I think I would uh, I would wander the countryside playing a card game that I invented and no one else knows how to play. Not so I'd be the best, but just because <laughs> I'm a crazy person, and I like to come up with stuff. Yes. Oh my god, I just had a realization. Hmm. You are Yu Gi Oh. Just Yu Gi Oh, like the the show oh. as a yeah. human being. Yeah. <laughs> He's the anthropomorphic personification yes, of Yu-Gi-Oh. So, so, so do I have, do I I have mean, an ancient he is, pharaoh? He is Yugi, but he is also Yu-Gi-Oh. If only you had hair, though, because I feel like that's kind of part <laughs> of the package. Like, <sighs> hair is such a big thing in that show. We'll get him away. That's true. Back to the hair. And with but that, you know what? He well, is a respectful on, just, duelist. Real quick, before you wrap, I, I just have to establish, based on our, our collective like life shows, so yours, Dan's, runs for like 200 bajillion episodes as more you know booster packs and extensions come out. Yeah, with only 12 episodes of content. Yes. For, right. Your, Ben's show is actually 12 episodes, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, mine may be 26, and my character doesn't end up with anybody. Uh, and yours uh, probably goes on for several seasons, and you do wind up with the person that you loved all along. It's a multimedia franchise. I'm this, looking at the guy I love. This Aww. is very nice. Oh, he's your tuxedo mask. He is my tuxedo in, in mask. But again, without hair. All right. <laughs> uh, that will do it for this episode. I want to give a big thanks to Ben Padden, Chris Neosi, Lauren Berger. Join us next time when we will be talking to an anime-adjacent topic, Pokemon. Yes, which I'll be part of. Yes. And, and me. Yes. yes. See you soon. Bye, All right. everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to My Nerdy Year. Our theme song, Crunk Night, is written and performed by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons. For full credits and for more information about the show, please visit MyNerdyYear.wordpress.com.